The Spectator Economic Innovator of the Year Awards, sponsored by Investec, are open for entries. If you are an entrepreneur-led business bringing radical change to its sector, please apply at www.spectator/innovator. We are looking for entries all across the UK, and our closing date is the 4th of July. Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's religion podcast. I'm Damien Thompson. So, Roe versus Wade is dead. Americans are about to lose their constitutional right to an abortion. Five out of the nine Supreme Court justices have drafted an opinion, which will be issued in the next few weeks, which strikes down Roe v. Wade, describing the 1973 ruling as egregiously wrong from the start. Now, the unprecedented leaking of that draft opinion and its consequences have been covered in enormous detail in the media, greeted with jubilation by religious conservatives and a degree of outrage that I don't think I've ever seen before by liberal opinion and the mainstream media, which amount to the same thing, really, in America. There's no point in my rehashing all of that information. I just want to concentrate on one specific aspect of this extraordinary development. And it's this. You might imagine that America's Catholic bishops, all of them, will be rejoicing at the overturning of a ruling that the Catholic Church has always opposed, not just because the Church is firmly opposed to abortion, at least in theory, but because, like a majority of the justices on the Supreme Court, the Church can't find anything in the American Constitution to justify a constitutional right to abortion. Given that the striking down of Roe v. Wade won't actually make abortion illegal, but instead make it a matter for state law, you might think that Catholic Church leaders would have no reservations whatsoever about this decision. Not so. For quite a few bishops, including liberal cardinals, this week's news has come as a very nasty surprise, I suspect. But before I get into that, let's hear about some of the complexities of the new abortion landscape in America from Ed Condon, who's editor of The Pillar, America's most authoritative Catholic publication. I spoke to him earlier, and this is what he had to say. If, and I think it's important to say it's still an if, we do see a published Supreme Court decision which junks Roe v. Wade and... Planned Parenthood v. Casey and returns the issue of abortion to the state legislative level, I think it's going to present a very interesting challenge to the United States bishops. Uh, They've been, I think it's fair to say, engaged in a vigorous, sometimes contentious discussion at the national level over whether or not they should be describing abortion as the preeminent social justice concern for the church in the United States. Now, Pope Francis seems to have indicated that he, he agrees that it should be considered this way, but other bishops have, have said that we mustn't lose sight of other concerns of justice and indeed other pro-life concerns of justice. Now, if we see the states adopting a, a much broader spectrum of laws related to abortion, with some banning it outright, others entrenching it up to the moment of birth, and at least from some indications even past the moment of birth, it seems, and many other states falling in the middle, the bishops in those individual states are going to have to adopt a more targeted approach to how abortion is enacted and legalized at their own state level. Now, we've seen some, they have some experience of this. We've seen the U.S. bishops in different states 
have to witness against the death penalty, for example, in the United States. And they've done so, I think, very credibly and very effectively and in response to the situation on the ground. So bishops in states like, for example, Tennessee have offered unanimous and sometimes lonely, even heroic opposition to the death penalty in that state, even where a number of um, so-called, quote-unquote, conservative Christians or even Catholics would um, perhaps favor the death penalty. So I think we're going to see a lot of bishops have to adopt a similar approach in their own states where abortion remains in practice, while bishops in other states that will see abortion banned outright, for example, will, I think, have the challenge of pivoting to make sure that their pro-life witness takes into account this changed field. If abortion is illegal in the state of, for example, Texas, then the bishops of Texas will have to make sure that their witness against abortion becomes much more proactive, ensuring access to all kinds of health care and relief services and financial aid and pastoral accompaniment to women who would otherwise be seeking abortion. And I think having that holistic approach to pro-life witness is going to be increasingly important for the credibility of the pro-life movement, both within the Catholic Church and more broadly. So making sure that the bishops adapt their approach and their prioritization of, for example, lobbying for legislative change doesn't lose urgency, but reflects the reality on the ground of abortion in their own states. Now, I think at the national level, where we've seen fights at meetings of the U.S. Bishops' Conference in recent years over the use of language like the preeminent social concern for the church, I think we're likely to see a resurgence of that debate as some will presumably argue that it's no longer the preeminent national concern, but it's become a preeminent local concern in some places. Now, I think there will be a number of bishops who will be lining up to say that the church's opposition to abortion is absolute, and anywhere that any abortion is being committed in the United States is an affront against human dignity and the natural law, and the church has an obligation to speak um, at full volume against any abortion happening anywhere, and I think that's unlikely to change the general consensus uh, I think that a Supreme Court decision, I should say, is unlikely to change that consensus, even if there are some dissenting voices. But what will be most interesting is to see how bishops who have perhaps been a little skeptical about the use of the language of preeminence begin to oppose abortion in their own states if they find themselves in places like, for example, California or New York or Illinois or states that seem likely to be at the harder end of legalization for abortion and even trying to act as sort of magnet states for abortions that won't be committed in other states, how local Catholic conferences, local bishops' conferences at the state level are able to speak credibly and provide an urgent moral witness in those areas while also attempting to enact real legislative change and lobby for a change of not just hearts among the population, but also change at the level of state law is going to be a very, very interesting thing to watch. That was Ed Condon, editor of The Pillar, speaking expertly and, as ever, diplomatically. I'm going to be a bit less diplomatic, if you'll forgive me. It's well known that abortion is one of the most intensely politicised topics in American public life, so much so that it's essentially impossible to run for office as a Democrat if you're even remotely pro-life. What's less well known, I think, is the extent to which this battle is now being fought inside the Catholic Church, though it's being fought surreptitiously and not necessarily as a straightforward conflict between people who are for or against abortion. Three of America's most influential cardinals, above all, Supich of Chicago, but also Tobin of Newark and Gregory of Washington, are what I call Biden bishops. 
by which I mean that their loyalty to the administration precludes them from any criticism of America's second Catholic president as he becomes more and more stridently pro-choice, more and more open in his defence of late-term abortions as he gets older. Indeed, the president said this week, if the court does overturn Roe, it will fall on our nation's elected officials at all levels of government to protect a woman's right to choose, and it will fall on voters to elect pro-choice officials this November. In other words, he wants to make Roe versus Wade the law of the land. Perhaps we should say in parenthesis that President Biden's cognitive decline is such at the moment that perhaps one shouldn't attach too much weight to anything he says, but there we have it, it's on the record. Now, I think it's important to remember that what the Biden administration is defending and indeed promoting very vigorously is not an abortion settlement similar to the one we have in Britain, where abortions are legal up to 24 weeks. In various American states, abortions can happen right up to the moment of birth. That state of affairs would not, I think, be tolerated by British public opinion and would never be sanctioned by Parliament. So I have to confess it really is a mystery to me that a substantial faction within the US Bishops' Conference, led by Cupich, just doesn't have a problem with Joe Biden's views, or if it does, is never going to say so publicly, lest it in some way benefit the Republicans. I'm not going to say that they're secretly pro-abortion, though I think one or two may be, but I do think that abortion for them is a subject that must never be allowed to disturb their alliance with various progressive lobby groups with whom they enjoy a very close working relationship. The nightmare for them is that when the Supreme Court justices do hand down their judgment, and we know from the draft opinion what they're going to say, then abortion will disturb that cosy relationship. It could disturb it very badly and embarrassingly indeed. Until very recently, they didn't think they were going to have to face this particular problem because they thought that Roe versus Wade was here to stay. And it would have stayed if their archenemy President Trump hadn't very cunningly managed to slip Amy Coney Barrett under the wire just before he left office. It's one thing for left-leaning Catholic bishops to say, as they have been saying, well, there's a constitutional right to an abortion and nothing I say can make any difference to that, so let's not worry about it. It's quite another, once that constitutional right has gone, to support moves to reintroduce it. That would leave them not only isolated in the US Conference of Bishops, many of whose members have really never trusted the Biden bishops, but could also have disastrous consequences for their diocese, most of which are in a parlous financial state and desperately need the support of donors who, on the whole, tend to be strongly pro-life. It's tempting to conclude that they're going to pay a very high price for decades of subservience to a political establishment that actually never very much cared what they thought in the first place. At any rate, as Ed says, what happens over the next few weeks and months will be very interesting to watch. <laughs> 